Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. So, because we only had one service today, I got to uh, take a little bit of a break and not getting up as early as I normally do for worship and everything, and uh, I caught myself looking at Facebook this morning, which is always a dangerous thing to do. But one of the things that I saw, a friend of mine from high school posted one of the first quizzes for 2023. And not really a quiz, but it was like, you you find this. And it was like, find the number one movie on your 24th, no, 23rd birthday, because it wouldn't make sense if it was 24th, 23rd birthday. And that is how 2023 will line out for you. (laughs) <laughs> so I looked, and my, 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 my 23rd birthday would have been December 29, 1994, and I, I went and looked, and the movie that's going to describe my 2023 is Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> so just a fair warning, as we start this year together. Would you please go to God and pray? <laughs> oh God, it's, it's so great to hear laughter in the midst of this covenant renewal. Because Lord, we know that there is joy within that laughter. And there is joy when we stand together as sisters and brothers in Christ. And we affirm not only who we are, but whose we are. And how your love continues to wash over us, even as we begin this new year. And we live in that promise of your hope and love for us. So God, as we begin this year together, we ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength, and my Redeemer. Amen. Now, I think a lot of you know that I am not a lifetime Methodist. I uh, grew up in the Missouri Senate Lutheran Church and became a Methodist uh, after college in my young adult years, about 25, 26 years old, and then I answered my call into ministry. So I, I've been at this for a while. But one of the things that I have to admit, this whole covenant renewal service is something that I really didn't get a hold of or grasp until about 10 years ago. And that's when I was introduced to the, uh, the Wesleyan prayer or the Wesleyan covenant prayer. And it, it's something that has become so important to me that even uh, in all of my Bibles, I've actually written it out and printed out, printed out because I can't read my own handwriting at times, but I print it out and I put it in each Bible so I have it there as a reminder for me, but uh, I've also memorized that prayer and it's a prayer that I say every day just to 
to recommit my life. This prayer is a, is a fairly, not ancient prayer, but it's, it's, it's quite up there. Uh, Wesley put this together in 1755 when he held his first covenant service using the words by a, uh, by a Richard Aldean. He published a service in a pamphlet in 1780 and the form was used without alteration for nearly a century in England. It's been modified here and there and the covenant service is often used by Methodist or Wesleyan Christians as a watch night service or on New, on New Year's Eve. And the covenant service is observed in some local churches on New Year's Day or on the first Sunday in January. The service helps us to focus on the Christians renewing our covenant of response to the grace that God has given us through Christ Jesus our Lord. To me, it's a beautiful word. It's, it's a beautiful service, and, and I invite you to, to kind of look that up over uh, when you go home or throughout the year and just to reimagine or rethink about how your life can be be changed as we fall and follow into this pattern of renewing our covenant. But you know what? Covenant renewal is not a new thing. It's not something that we just decided to come up with here in the, the 21st century. It, it, it's something that has happened all the way throughout scriptures. As a matter of fact, you heard Brady share one of the Old Testament versions of a covenant renewal by a king by the name of Josiah. And I wanted to go ahead and, and reread that passage for you so you can see it as we'll take a look at this passage as we jump off into this covenant renewal for the next year. So hear the word of the Lord from 2 Kings chapter 23, verses 1 through 3. Then the king called together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. He went up to the temple of the Lord with the people of Judah. The inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the prophets, all the people from the least to the greatest. He read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which had been found in the temple of the Lord. The king stood by the pillar and renewed the covenant in the presence of the Lord, to follow the Lord and to keep his commands, his statutes and decrees with all his heart and all his soul, thus confirming the words of the covenant written in this book, that all the people pledged themselves to this covenant. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So the king that we are talking about here is King Josiah. He is the, the 16th king of, of the southern tribe or the southern kingdom. And, and, and he has overtaken, he's taken the throne of Judah at the age of eight. Can you imagine that? Just think about an eight-year-old coming and, and, and becoming the leader of your country. I saw a couple of stories about the royal family right now, and actually the son of William, who is next to line, so the, the, the one in line for the royal throne in England after King William, he is now eight years old. And I was watching some video of him playing around and running around as I was looking at this particular passage. Going, man, what a 
responsibility to place on someone that young. But, see, it's not only the responsibility of leading a, a country. It, it was a responsibility of, of dealing with something that had just gone awry. Something that has just, just gone totally off the rails through what the kings before him, his, his dad and what his grandfather did. There were 57 years of, of bad kings by the time that Josiah took to the throne. So it, it took 10 years, and, and then on his 18th year, King Josiah did something that all the kings did. He, he would send the people down to the temple to, to collect the offerings and the taxes and everything that was collected there, and to, to bring it back to the kingdom. And this year, when King Josiah sent the officials to the, to the temple, the, the high priest found something. And he thought it was something that the, the king should see. And the high priest found the book of the law that was kind of tucked away and, and put aside just because they didn't want to bother with it. Or, or they were too busy doing other things. And then we hear in, in 2 Kings 22 that when King Josiah saw this and he heard the words of the covenant read aloud to him. He, he ripped his robe and he realized how far off the mark his kingdom has become. How, how far away from God the kingdom has, has strayed and that he wanted to restore it. And that came to our scripture that we heard this morning. So as we spend this time listening and remembering the covenant with God, I want us to think about how we can live our lives like King Josiah. What is it that we can do in order to, to live a life that honors God just like King Josiah honored God? I think the very first thing that we see is that, that Josiah wanted to honor God. I think it's pretty obvious to say with you being here in worship or even if you're worshiping online today that, that there's something inside your heart, something that, that you are feeling that you're saying that I want to follow God. I want to honor God with what I am doing. It, it, it's very easy on January the 1st, especially if you're one of those people not like me who stayed up past midnight or as I heard from a youth today that he was up until 5 o'clock this morning. And he's here today. It's very easy to, to, to live and, and have things get in the way that we go, you know what? I'll, I'll do that later. I'll, I'll push it off until maybe I, I feel better or I feel more rested or I don't have a lot of other things to do. I'll, I'll, I'll just make room for it. See, that's not what Josiah did. Josiah was not one who, who wanted to just make room for God. He wanted his life and his whole kingdom to, to follow God wholly. To follow God in a way that, that, that other people would take a look at him and his kingdom and see something different. Something holy. Something full of love and grace and peace. And the way that Josiah was able to do this because 
his heart became tender to the word of God. Now, we don't really know how much Josiah followed God before the, the book of the covenant was uh, presented to him, but, but we think there was something that was guiding him and leading him to, to have an open heart to, to what God's word had to say for him. And once his heart was tendered and open to the word of God, he then acted. He then acted. Sometimes I'll admit that even for me, my Bible readings are a little less than regular. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll go through sermon preparation and I'll make sure that my messages are, are good to go and everything. But, but, but for me, I hope you understand that there, there's a difference. There, there's a difference between me just sitting down and, and, and taking God's word and, and reading it just to absorb it and then taking God's word and, and trying to have God speak through it so I can share it every Sunday morning. When I take the time to devotionally read scriptures, it allows me the opportunity to allow my heart to become tender to God's word. To, to, to understand and to hear even sometimes those, those difficult texts that, that we have to struggle with and we have to wrestle with. And how to live my life as I devotionally follow and give all that I have for God. But see, it takes more than that. It, it, it takes more than that because when we give our heart over to God and we become tender to God's word, then we are always called to be a church in action. We, we, we are called to be a church that is, is leading reform to allow others to experience God's love and grace. So as we move into 2023, I want to challenge us to take a look at our walk with God just like Josiah. Not necessarily tear our clothing here this morning, or don't do that at home either, but you know, just to really just, just to look inside your heart and say, God, how can I live my life fully in desire of yours? As a church, we have our membership vows that we, we talk about. Whenever somebody joins the church, we, we, we ask them to, to, to participate with your prayers, your presence, your gifts your service, and our witnesses. I, I think that is a good way for us to, if you, if you want to take a little card and just jot down, this year I will do this. I will, you know, take each of those subheadings. Like pray. I invite you, especially in this year, as we navigate changes within our church, to continue to pray for our church. Continue to pray for this amazing staff that I get to work with. Pray for Pastor Francis as she does the ministry that she is called to do here. And also just pray for me and Tracy and our family. Allow your prayers to, to encompass all that we do as we are faithfully moving as Christ's disciples, as we go out into our community to share God's love and grace with each other. And I think here is a more important one. I, I invite you to really look at how you can be present, how you can be involved 
here on worship on Sunday morning, by participating in Sunday school classes and small groups. I gave you an example for a women's study that's going on. I know that there's possibly a men's group that's going to be starting back up again here soon. Find ways to get plugged in because I tell you, whenever I talk to people who are struggling in their faith and, and they're, they're struggling knowing what it is that God is calling to do, more times than ever, they are not connected with other people. They, they, they may sit in a pew on a Sunday morning or, or they may just be watching online or they may be doing something, but, but if they're not connected with someone, then it's hard to be motivated within your faith. It, it's hard to be active in what God has called you to do. Of course, the third is gifts. And one of the things that I've always said since I've been here is that we are a generous church. We, we look at, at how God has blessed us individually and use those gifts to share God's love and grace with others. On Christmas Eve, we always give our Christmas Eve offering away to an organization to help them. And this year we gave our Christmas Eve offering to the Glenda Arnold, Arnold Early Childhood Center's Activities Fund so that children can have money for like uh, field trips if they needed it, for parties, for, for other ways for them to build community in their school. Well, after we gathered up that offering, we saw that we brought in $4,079 that would be going to Glenda Arnold Early Childhood Development Center. And that's awesome. That's awesome because we know that we are blessed. And we know that we are to use what God has given us to be a blessing. We paid all of responsibilities for this last year, and, and I know our budget is, is going to stretch us a little bit, but I know that it is a responsible budget that it will help us build Christ's kingdom here on earth. The other thing is financially, we use the way of service. I, I think this is something that's going to be really important for us in 2023. We need to find places to serve. You'll see Pastor Francis, we'll, we'll talk more about this as we move into the new year, but, but there are places that we all can, can pitch in and do something, whether it's standing at the doors and being a greeting and smiling face for those who are worshiping. I, I love seeing our greeters welcoming people in, helping out back in the sound booth area or, or helping teach classes or, or doing something. Finding a place to serve as a way to say, God, I'm renewing this covenant with you. And then finally, we talk about sharing our witness. During our Advent study, I, I gave a, uh, a challenge to those who are part of that class about thinking about three people who you know who are not actively involved in a church anywhere and, and be praying for them. Praying for God to open up a door for you to invite them to be with what God has called us to do and, and be and to share God's love with them. If you have that card and you're praying over those people, you can see a, a, a change where, where God may allow you to, 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 to witness to them, to share his love and grace in a, in a tangible way way. So my friends, we have a way that we remember 
when we partake in the breaking of the bread and the pouring of the cup, we remember God's love for us. That, that, that God gave Jesus the, the baby that was born in the manger. The baby that the Magi brought gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That we now bring our gifts to him. So as we receive this holy mystery, I invite you to think about the covenant that we are making with God today so that more people can experience Christ in and through us. Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you for this gift of communion. And we thank you for the way that we are able to renew ourselves at the beginning of this year, to allow this new covenant that we have made to, to strengthen us, to mold us, to move us. So God, help us to be like Josiah. Open our hearts to receive your word. Help us to be open to your scriptures so that we may then go and be Christ's hands and feet to the world around. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.